0: Now back to Bet MGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by Bet MGM.
1: Liberty up fifty six fifty on the Mystics right now. Still eleven and a half point favorites, but I did see a report. It looks like Elena Deladon went back to the locker I room for that. the That's Mystics. Sad. That's oh, not no. good. That's
0: horrible. Yeah, she has. She had an ankle injury earlier this year, and missed fifteen games.
1: Trista, you want an Orioles update on your parlay? I do. Gunnar Henderson three two pitch lined out to left field. Ryan O'Hearn, who was my pick, two run home run. Oh yeah, pretty kitty's gonna like that when he comes pretty on the screen. Yes. How about that, <coughs> Mo's <devos>? pretty He's <kitty's coughs> gonna be all fired up. PJ, I cannot wait till you just evolve your dad jokes into even better dad jokes. Oh
2: yeah,
1: like you're 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 too young to have this level of dad joke skill <sighs> that it's gonna be. You may break world records for dad jokes when it's all said and done. Oh, that's the goal. And I support you. Do you, you know that. Phil Dunfrey from Modern Family? Of course, He's my hero.
0: <laughs> that's. Oh, I mean, how? That is so perfect. How can you not love Phil? He's an Oregon duck a
1: Yes, he is. Is yeah. he? Really? Ty Burrell. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah, big Ty time. Ty How can you Trump not love fans. Ty? When somebody calls Ty and he goes, What's your favorite hospital food? Jello? Like, <laughs> come on. I mean, guys, the You really are Phil so, Dunphy. You are really Phil's, like Cornball. Phil's my favorite. You are Phil Dunphy. I, I love him. So. I can't believe I didn't see this before. That's one of my all time favorite comedies. Also,
0: like, Who there's. Who doesn't just, like Phil? There's just something so pure. About PJ's spirit where he his couldn't spirit. have bad jokes, like he has to have just silly, corny dad jokes. Because otherwise, it—I mean—he's just like untouched snow, untouched snow, fresh snow. snow, like right? fresh snow that's PJ, right. that's right,
1: untouched snow. Chase Kitty, host of the Lions Edge podcast, who I guess is pretty kitty now. Am I gonna have to start calling you that? Because PJ's
2: saying it. Or are, we gonna, are we just gonna? We're gonna leave that like his thing. I've I've taken bad kitty nicknames pretty much my entire life, uh, as Nick. So you can go wherever you want with it. I think my my uh, longest tenured youth baseball coach, I because I was always I always bat lead off because I was I couldn't hit the ball at all, but I was faster than everybody else, so I would get on base. And I think I was chased a kitty around the kitchen for like three years. <laughs> oh so they God, usually don't, the don't even make any sense. I mean, <laughs> it is what it is.
1: I saw you got some uh, some luck, though, man. You actually jumped on the same thing I did, Rams plus six and a half, before that line jumped all the way down to one and a half. Good
2: for you. Yeah, I, second week in a row, I just got crazy dumb luck on CLV. Oh. So, I mean, last week I had the Cowboys at minus three, and then this week I got Rams six and a half. I don't think I'm doing anything all that smart. It's just kind of lucky and looking at the lines on Sunday night.
0: What's it going to be this week? Where's the CLV play today? <laughs>
2: Uh, I mean, from now to the end of the week, I think yes. it's some of the big favorites, would would be my guess. Uh, I mean, w- which sounds super square, but when you look at, uh, what do we got? Cowboys 12 and a half, Chiefs 13 and a half, 49ers 10 and a half. I feel like with those numbers, if this was week nine, those numbers would be bigger. But because it's week three, and everybody's a little bit gun-shy to do the dramatic point spreads, I think those numbers are a little bit smaller. You're telling me... Home or away, it doesn't matter. Arizona has a garbage home field advantage. you telling me Dallas isn't going to go there and win by 21, as you guys were talking about last yeah. hour? like That's absolutely an all I would be looking at. I think 12 and a half is really soft.
1: How far would you go before you no longer take Dallas to cover? <laughs>
2: what, what would be the number for you? 28? I think – I mean, it depends on what kind of number you're getting. It depends on what – I mean, am I getting – what am I getting, 7-1 to one at a 28? Because I'd take a shot at that. Yeah, like, I, it, it depends on what kind of return you're getting.
0: What have uh, – we were talking about contenders and pretenders, 2-0 and contenders. Where are you ranking uh, these 2-0 and teams? Like, give us your top three, and if the Cowboys aren't in there, uh, we're hanging up.
2: <laughs> I'll still talk to them. I mean, the Cowboys defense is – Elite, like All capital letters. So I I think they have to be in there. I think San Francisco, San Francisco definitely follows my model, which I've talked about ad nauseum, and it's probably annoying to listen to at this point. But you've got a rookie contract quarterback, and you've got all this money that you can spend everywhere else. They have a super smart head coach. They have an elite defense. They've got weapons all over the offense. I don't know how you don't throw San Francisco in there. Something seems off to me with both Kansas City and Buffalo. I'll throw the Bengals in there as well, although you might you might tag it all just to Burrow's calf, and maybe if he gets healthy again, they, they figure it out. They've had 0-2 starts before. But these AFC teams that we expected so much from, you don't want to overreact to two weeks. They've got a long history of success over the last few years, but it, it just seems like there were missing pieces with a team like Kansas City, I think it's obvious that their their offense has become one more one-dimensional as they have more and more resources invested away from the skill positions in terms of contractual obligations. With other stuff like Buffalo, I, I can't quite put my finger on it. I do think that opens up a uh, case for Miami, which was a team you guys talked about uh, really articulately last hour about. You know, you're not quite getting the best of the number at this point, but the path they have... They've already got two wins banked. They were both on the road. One of them was in division. They've still got nine home games to go. I think I'm not willing to push all my chips in on Miami, but if you're making a short list, you can see the path I think for Miami. I'm really intrigued. The thing I'm most intrigued with with the Dolphins is an MVP vote away from Tua. And it's, it's almost historically, it's basically burning your money if you the last 10 or 15 years if you try to buy an MVP ticket on anybody but a quarterback. But there is a really interesting case for Tyreek Hill because of how outspoken he's been about, I want to have a 2,000 yard season. Because he's this, you know, it's such a narrative award. You could make the case that he's such an interesting talent and he's running track meets in the offseason and he's he's such a one of one. I think there could be some value there with a guy like that that I'm really intrigued by.
1: You know, speaking of 2-0 and o teams, Chase, my commanders just happen to be 2-0, and o, you know. Let's, let's the, disrespect, the disrespect, the disrespect six-and-a-half-point home dogs against the Bills. Did, did did we not see all of the turnovers from Josh Allen week one? That defense is going to make his life el- – okay, I'm, I'm not going to go that far. Look, I'm just happy that this team is 2-0 right now, but I, I still I, – you know me, I rarely I rarely like to bet on my teams. I took the over in this game when it was at 44-and-a-half. But I I think this is a game now where the Bills are starting to figure it out. Josh Allen looked a lot more comfortable and maybe taking what the defense was giving him as opposed to forcing things in there. I, I do like the Bills in this game. I'm not going to bet it, but I lean Bills in Washington.
2: I like the Bills as well, and I think I've had a really good track record on the Commanders so far uh, on this show, <laughs> though it is early. Uh, I... First of all, I just I like to bet Washington on the road. I like to bet against them at home. So that's that's my standard issue like operating procedure for Washington. They're underrated on the road. They're overrated at home. So right away, I'm looking Bills here. I can get it for less than seven. Uh, I, I think when you look at who Buffalo played the first couple weeks, there's an argument that this is the least of those teams of those three teams, even though they're two and zero. So I'm not super worried about about laying six and a half with Buffalo. When you have these really high-level offenses like Buffalo has when they are right, when they look good, the tails are so fat on the bell curve because they can rack up offense and cover bigger numbers for a full 60 minutes. I did see the arc for Washington covering in Denver last week. I don't think that defensive front... Is gonna have as much success against Buffalo. I think that Josh Allen has much more success creating mobility in off-script plays than washed Russell Wilson has at this point. So I, I do think Buffalo is probably the right side to be on there.
0: Wow, we're just we're just gonna give him the wash title every time we say his name. I'm kind of there, Russell Wilson. Yeah, I I'm agree. There. I agree. Uh, speaking of which broncos take on the dolphins we were talking about the dolphins uh, just a second ago and how elite they are one of producer pj fresh snow's favorite plays is uh to zig when everybody else zags and he loves the broncos plus six and a half it feels uncomfortable to say the least to take that and and place that bet what would you do in this game chase
2: well, let me say, PJ and I have a lot of the same contrarian instincts, so I absolutely know where he's coming from. Um, and PJ, by the way, I like the facial hair addition.
0: As clean is my mom.
2: Clean-shaven clean PJ looks a little bit like he's still trying to decide what his major's gonna be. <laughs> whereas <laughs> scruffy PJ looks like, you know, a, a, I don't know, like a local police sergeant who's seen some stuff. Yeah. I, it's just the difference is night and day. But I I, I, I get where can. he's coming from taking the points, right? It's just, it's buy low, sell high. It's it's basic economics and gambling. I do wonder, though, if the idea is to buy low on a team, I'm not sure we're at the low point for Denver yet. <laughs> there is, if, if Wilson truly is washed, and this is a longer-term rebuild than maybe Sean Payton and Broncos fans realized, if this is not going to be right away, Denver year one you know, competitive in the middle and top end of the AFC I think you have to get more than six and a half points playing a team that can rack it up like Miami can so that's what makes me nervous about the Broncos side of this is that yeah, sure buy low but are we sure this is low because I think they have farther to fall.
1: God it's amazing to think all these expectations coming into this season for Denver and Oh, it's going to be different. It's going to be better with Sean Payton. I was one of them, and you know who's making me look like a fool right I now, Chase. I, I was, I was, I really thought this was going to be a complete turnaround. Maybe not old Russell Wilson in his prime, but a guy that looks capable. Now we'll say this: he's really good in the first half of games. He's completing like eighty-five percent of his passes. That's all like the scripted plays though from Sean Payton. Once we get to like, hey, Russell Wilson's going to have to kind of go out there and improvise and do his own thing late in games. It's completely different. So they're they're just an absolute. I mean. You got Sean Payton calling him out now at this point in the media, and he rightfully so knew that was going to happen. He's talking about getting a wristband on him. You know what? If they're not getting the plays in fast enough, you got to do it. Chase Kitty's the host of the Lion's Edge podcast. Let's jump to college for a little bit. Much better slate in terms of just ranked games this weekend, Uh, uh, matchups that don't sit there and have 23, 25, and 28-point spreads necessarily. What are some of your favorite plays first for this weekend in college football?
2: So I loved Georgia Southern last week. I talked about it on the show. I think I talked about it on every show that I did. Then Georgia Southern went up there and played a really competitive half against Wisconsin, but ultimately they turned the ball over six times. They were minus six on turnovers. They had a seventh drive where they uh, turned it over on downs. They had an eighth drive where they missed a field goal. So they got eight empty possessions that didn't end with a punt, and they missed the cover by two points. It, it is one of the worst beats I can remember in the last few years that I've been on. And all that said, give me Georgia Southern minus 6.5 <laughs> on the road this week at Ball State. They're just way better. I, and maybe you get like a bounce back. We're so mad that we left all that on the table. And maybe you just get a garden variety Georgia Southern game. Either way, I just think they're way better than 6.5 here. I think if they had only turned the ball over three times and they lost to Wisconsin by 3 instead of 21. This number is probably 7.5 or 8. I think if they win outright, which they absolutely could have, this is 9.5 or 10. So I think there's a lot of value in 6.5 here in sort of a, a big-time regression to the mean game. Uh, Trista, I kind of like the over in your Ducks playing Colorado. I play? Yeah, I mean, Travis Hunter out of the game, right? So you know both teams are going to score. That's even more so for Oregon now. Oregon scored 43 points a game or whatever it is. just seems like there's not going to be a lot of defense in that one. 71.5. Over, fine, whatever. Might even be square. I don't care. Going to be a lot of offense. Uh, my 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 Mountaineers, one of the things I learned this past week, the Cincinnati win over Pitt was not a fluke. Pitt's really bad. Djerkovic is a really bad quarterback. I'm actually surprised North Carolina is only a 7.5-point favorite in Pittsburgh. I, I think North Carolina is, is a pretty good team at this point. That's another team I kind of have to wa- wave the white flag on and admit I was wrong about. They are actually good. Pittsburgh, I think, might really stink. Seven and a half is, is a bit light there.
0: Yeah, uh, back to that Oregon game. You like Oregon to cover that 20 and a half? And where are you at now with with Colorado as the hype continues uh, with Dion and this team?
2: So I don't know if I have an, an explicit up or down answer on the spread. The thing that I'm interested about the spread market, though, is that The the books are taking a wash on all the Colorado stuff, right? Because everybody with an account is betting Colorado. $5, $50, $5,000. It doesn't matter. There's so much public money coming in on Colorado. I think the Nebraska game, there was more money on that game than any NFL game that week, if I'm remembering correctly. So it's just it's crazy. I'm surprised the book, like I'm not a trader, so they know more than I do, but I'm surprised the book hasn't been a little bit more Aggressive in setting the lines high, and I wonder now that we're getting into Pac-12, uh, you know, time uh, Pac-12 games, if we're going to start to see bigger and bigger spreads. Because you know everybody's taking the 21 with Colorado. You know that's happening this week. So is that is that too many points? Is Oregon going to be sort of like the the quiet sharp side of this game, even though it's a big number? I'm interested to find out. I think everybody's
1: interested just to see what happens. Are we got about like thirty, forty-five seconds here? Anything in the uh, Notre
2: Dame Ohio State game for you? I'm hoping to talk to Ryan about this. Uh, yeah. You know, if he if he feels better enough to to do my show this week, I I think the short answer is I like Notre Dame plus the points and outright because I've been really unimpressed by Ohio State's quarterback situation. I just think McCord hasn't been very good. But the problem is neither one of these teams have really played anybody yet, and so you kind of have to guess on which limited sample size against bad teams you trust more. And I guess right now, for me, it's Notre Dame.
1: There you go. Chase Kitty, Lions Edge Podcast. Always good to talk to you, buddy.
2: Thanks, guys.
1: I know. Poor poor Ryan, he's dealing with this and all he wants to do is talk about Notre Dame, Ohio State this week. Maybe he'll be back tomorrow. We'll see.
0: Hopefully I mean,
1: yeah, because I don't think I don't I
0: Scott's back We I mean,
1: need everybody back. I mean, we're just going down like flies right now. I don't know what this thing is, but it's gross. Meanwhile, I know that. it's like an icebox. It's one or the other, right? Both wild card races coming down to the wire. Who's gonna be on the outside looking in postseason time? tonight. Nice
0: it's time for our hosting Trifecta to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Bet MGM tonight.